Hello listeners, this is Matt from Uncanny Treks, and I want to take a moment to tell you about our brand new Patreon at patreon.com slash uncannytreks. On our Patreon, we offer lots of exclusive content in multiple tiers, including access to our brand new Patreon-exclusive podcast, X-Men 92 vs. Young Justice. On this podcast, we follow the same format as B5 vs. DS9, but with an entirely new focus on reliving the nostalgia of 90s X-Men animated series and comparing it to the fast-paced action of Young Justice. Both of these animated series have recently been renewed for new seasons, so we felt it was a great time to return to these two comic book-based properties. If you're interested in subscribing, please visit us at patreon.com slash uncannytreks. You can always reach out to us on Twitter at uncannytreks. Enjoy the show, and as always... Thank you for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Galaxy's Greatest Podcast about the two great 90s space station shows, Babylon 5 versus DS9. But this week, we're not talking about either of those great shows. We're talking about Star Trek Picard, specifically Season 2, Episode 5, Fly Me to the Moon, we are a part of Uncanny Tracks. I am Bob in Cascadia. That is Matt in the Southland. You still drunk tonight, Matt? Yeah, fly me to the moon. Let oh me play among the stars. <laughs> I lied, everybody. It's not Matt at all. It's fucking Frank Sinatra. Back from the dead. No, no, Bob. It's Vic Fontaine. What's wrong with you? <laughs> oh, Sinatra doesn't sing that? Yes, Bob. Sinatra. Vic Fontaine is from Star Trek. <laughs> Yeah, but I thought, doesn't Sinatra also sing Yes, Bob, Sinatra okay. sings this song. Yes, it's the Sinatra song. Jesus. All right. This episode this week, Bob, eh, I, I, we're, there's some good, there's some really good scenes. Some of it's really stupid. Some of it's great. I, it's, yeah. I feel like it, it's picked up a little bit since episode four, just a little bit. Okay. Oh, I would I would say I like this one much less than this is my least favorite. I, I still, I think I like this episode more than you, but it's my least favorite episode so far. Damn. See, I, last week's episode, I think, was... I, I feel like we've gone up a little bit. Just a little, like I said. I don't know. I'm not... Like, we'll see where it goes. Uh, I'm not loving the Rene Picard stuff. I've, you know, I'll, I'll try to keep an open mind. I'm not loving it, but we'll, yeah. we'll see. So I guess to give... Uh, I mean, I assume everybody listening to this actually listened... Or actually watched the episode, but just in case they didn't. Uh, you want to walk us through the A-plot, Matt? Yeah, in the A-plot, we have Picard and Talyn play fairy godparents to Picard's melancholic ancestor, Renee, who Q, playing the world's worst therapist, and Adam Soong, Data's great-great-great-great-great-great-grandfather, and Q's cat's paw in order to get Q's cure for his daughter, Corey, try to prevent her from going to... Damn it, Bob. <laughs> going to low. What? Io. Oh, Io, that's right, the, the moon of the moon of Jupiter. Io, sorry. I was, I was reading the notes here, Bob, and it said, I thought it said low. Io, Io. <laughs> Going to yeah, Io. Yeah, yeah. So I noticed a flaw in my writing there, which was not uh, Which Io, was a, a run-on sentence? Yeah. <laughs> that's not a run-on sentence. That's a grammatically correct sentence. It, like, yeah, no, no, I, I was just explaining to this to uh, oh. to a little shitbird this uh, this morning, Matt. A fucking uh, fucking run on sentence does not mean a long sentence. Those are different. Now, the the flaw was I should have said that um, there are like fourteen verbs in there. Oh my god! And you're a fucking teacher. Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, the only flaw is that I should have specified that. Um, what uh, Q is uh, using Adam soon as a cat spa for is to try to prevent Renee Picard from going to Io. Gotcha. Yeah. 
Otherwise, that's a perfect sentence. What, 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 what was that our former and future president once said? We had the best meeting, we had the best meeting ever. It's a, a perfect meeting. It's a perfect sentence, man. Yeah, perfect sentence. Well, Picard and Talen are basically playing babysitter to Renee Picard. And then Adam Soon has a kid who can't go outside. Yeah, yeah. And what you know, it, uh, Matt, uh, Picard's ancestor has uh, has mental health issues. I mean, it wouldn't be a new episode, a new Star Trek episode without some sort of mental health issues. Yeah, that's right, Bob, because all the earlier tricks just ignored mental health issues. And you know what? They were not successful. <laughs> <laughs> that reminds me of a joke about Discovery that I'm not going to make. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, in the, tell us about the B-plot, Bob. Yeah, in the B-plot, so usually Bob, that is to say me, hates it when his socialist guerrilla mommies, um, Misakura and Seven, fight. But eventually Misakura agrees to Seven's plan to rescue Rios and the other ICE deportees without damaging the timeline. Very nice. Yes, and then we have a C-plot as well. Yeah, in the C-plot, the Borg Queen possesses Gerardi. Indeed, indeed. So, I guess first things first, I try to avoid trailers for things I know I'm going to watch. So, this is the first Strange New Worlds uh, teaser I've seen. Yeah, uh, I saw the same teaser before another episode of the of Star Trek that I watched. And, yeah, there's a, they don't tell you much. I actually watched one of the full-out trailers. And the only thing I'm going to spoil is that we get, like, at one point, Captain Pike has, like, a homely mountain beard. But then oh, eventually nice. he nice. he's back on the bridge looking like the, you know the silver haired fox that he is. So, I I like uh, I like Pike in fox mode. I like him in rugged mode. I'll take him any way they give him to me. Yeah. So, have you seen that uh, meme I tweeted out that somebody made about um, Mashal Barrett Roddenberry? No. Uh-uh. You know that meme format that's uh, Omni Man and Invincible turning to Invincible and saying, "Look what they need to ape just a fraction of our power." Oh yeah 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 yeah. It's a picture of number one, uh, you know, played by Magel Barrett, then number one played by Rebecca Ramon. Then it's a, a picture of uh, Magel Barrett as Christine Chapel on Strange New Worlds, and then a picture of the new Christine Chapel. I'm sorry, I don't know the actress's name. And then it's a picture of the old Enterprise Bridge on the original Cage episode, and then a picture of the new Enterprise Bridge on Strange New Worlds. You know, the implication being. Magil Barrett's the voice of the computer, and then it's at the bottom. It's uh, Invincible or Omni Man saying to Invincible, "Look what they need to mimic just a fraction of our power." <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's, it, a, it's a good meme. Oh, and it's of course it's Magil Barrett Roddenberry's head on uh, on Omni Man's head. It's a good meme. So, Bob, I got to ask you: Were you annoyed that I actually spoiled the Renee Picard reveal last week for you? Oh, not at all. Could not care less. Okay, good because. They actually announced it in this episode, but if you were watching with the captions on last week, you got a little sneak peek of who that person yeah, no, was. Couldn't, could not care less. <laughs> Q was stalking. Yeah, yeah. I did very much enjoy, though, the Queen was uh, speaking French and putting in a 911 call to French police to get uh, Chateau Picard swatted. That was very funny. Yeah, I really appreciated her going through like all the different character voices until she could find the one that unlocked the computer commands. I think it was Rios. Yeah, yeah. yeah that was good. Uh, that was, that was good. brilliant. And Speaking of Rios, man, he can uh, he can fight pretty well with his hands uh, cuffed in front of him. Uh, his boy Pedro can too. That was pretty impressive. Yeah, Pedro does that two handed punch that was made famous by Kirk. <laughs> I missed that, but yeah, that, that is that is funny. That is very funny. Yeah. It's the it's the advanced most advanced form of fighting uh, Earth knows. I think uh, Lower Decks made that point in the second mm-hmm. season. Yes, yeah. they did. 
So is there supposed to be like something up with all these Romulan lookalike humans? Or when we see the ice detainee who looks like Elnor, is that just supposed to be Musiker hallucinating because she feels guilty about Elnor's death? Or is there like supposed to be some connection between that guy looking like Elnor and then the, tr the supervisor looking like Picard's ex-housekeeper? I, I don't know. I think it's a, in that scene with Musiker, I think she's supposed to be uh, hallucinating. But it was definitely Evan Evagora who was walking toward the camera. You know, the guy that plays Elnor. Mm, yeah. It was him for sure. But then, like, okay. I think they swapped out actors when he turned around to talk to Musiker. I, I didn't watch it. I, need to, I should have watched it twice, but, like, I just didn't get a chance to. But it looked to me like they switched people. I mean, we, we literally watched six episodes of TV this week for casting <laughs> segments. I think, we're, I think we can be forgiven for only watching the new Picard episode once. Yeah, and I don't know why. The... Actually, you watched seven. You, you really committed. I, yeah, yeah. I, went, I went nuts this week. I don't know if Talyn is supposed to be, like, the same character. I, I don't know. It's, yeah. it's, it's fucking weird. <laughs> yeah. interesting to see where that goes um, yeah. and it I better think, go I somewhere think... you hear me Picard it better go somewhere well the weird thing is I, I would almost prefer it didn't go somewhere because I, I feel like the going somewhere is going to be the be the annoying thing where if it didn't go anywhere I could just ignore it and move on <laughs> not me I want everything explained in full detail just trying to dig that hole just trying to dig that yeah. hole <laughs> so I will say I found Q playing the world's worst therapist to Renee pretty funny. So, I mean, one reason Renee's depression is not getting any better is Q is just helping her dig the hole for it. That, that was, I mean, dark and grim and obviously a serious violation of therapeutic ethics, but very funny. Yeah. So do you know why is this mission to IO important? It's the I Europa it's, mission. Oh, was it Europa? I thought it was IO. No, Europa is the name of the mission. But they are going to Io. Well, that's weird because there's also a Jupiter moon named Europa. Oh well, maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> maybe, maybe the ship is called Europa. Place. I don't know. All I know is the word Europa was all over the place. You ever see that sci-fi movie Europa Report? No, I haven't. It's it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's a little low budget, but it's worth your time. Some people, some fans though, going back to the Q thing, some fans were like legit criticizing and pissed off about Q's uh, acting or. Delance's acting in this, and I was like, it's, it's actually pretty funny. He's hamming it up. I mean, it's supposed yeah. to be goofy. The only thing I have a problem with is when they play Q as being, like, meta and knowing he's in a TV show. That's annoying and stupid and has no basis in the franchise. But, like, yeah, no, like, what 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 else would you bring John Delancey back to do if not to ham it up? Like, come on. Exactly. That's what his character's going for. If you want to see for. him do something subtle, go watch, like, Breaking Bad Season 2 or something. <laughs> And even that's like, it's not hammy, but it's not really a subtle performance. Right. Um, yeah, I don't know why Europa is particularly important. I mean, there could be some tie-in to the Bell Riots, although that's looking less likely. Um, I think the Europa project is also the thing that launched Nomad in that season two original series episode. So maybe there's some connection to the, the Super Probe Nomad. But yeah, I don't know. Your man, your guess is as good as mine. Yay. I'm still stuck on those bell riots. Y'all missed an opportunity there, guys. Yeah, if they, if they don't if they don't uh, have at least some small Easter egg connection to the bell riots, I will be very sad. So we yeah. did get, uh, you know, Soji is also, you know, back here. She's playing Adam's daughter, Corey. Or Cor, yeah, Corey. Uh, yeah. yeah. 
which to me makes sense thematically. Like all an- male ancestors of Soon are played by Brent Spiner, while all the daughters of Brent Spiner are played by Isa Briones. Yeah, not only uh, not only ancestors, descendants too, because we see um, in la- late last season, right? We saw uh, Noonie and Soon's uh, son played by, right played by Brent Spiner. Yeah. So you you got it. They just everybody looks the same. Yeah, yeah. No, that, I think that's a that's a nice touch. Um, it's kind of interesting. So, did you know anything about the tie-in between the Soong family tree and uh, the genetically modified augment people? Yeah, I didn't know anything about that. Because, so what you're saying though is Khan is somehow related to technically Khan's related to data. Data, correct? No, 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 <laughs> or, no, 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 no. So okay. the here's the, all right. So in Enterprise season four. There's a story arc where you find out that Data's great-great-grandfather, Eric, Eric Soong, okay. is involved in a post-con attempt to create human augments. So it's like, this is like in the 21st century, so Khan has already been launched into space on the Botany Bay. Gotcha. So he tries, he's trying to recreate like Khan augments, but his argument is that the augments, um, these genetically amplified, genetically modified humans, aren't necessarily going to be as megalomaniac and homicidal as Khan. And I don't remember the episodes very well, but the attempt goes awry. The augments escape. There's a virus that breeds in the augments that then infects the Klingons. And that's called the augment virus. And that's what creates the ridgeless Klingons. Yeah, the TOS Klingons. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. And so I used to hate that, that series of episodes from Enterprise Season 4. Because I, I just didn't think that you needed any connect. I, well, there didn't need to be an explanation of why the Klingons, you know, used to not have ridges. Like, Worf said it perfectly in the season five episode. We don't discuss it with outsiders. Never needs to be mentioned again. But I also thought it was really kind of dumb to try and, like, link up uh, the Soong family history with, like, the, the augments, like, with Khan, with the genetic modification but I, I missed something really obvious at the time, which I'm really embarrassed that I missed, and that actually, in hindsight, makes me appreciate the connection a lot more. So, you know, Khan's middle name is Noonien, uh, spelled with an E, and then Data's father, Noonien Soong, is spelled with an A. And so it's basically the same name, and you could take the implication that Noonien Soong's father still kind of admired the augments and incorporated that name into his son for that reason, which is really interesting. And apparently the origin of the name Nunian is it was a Chinese war buddy of Gene Roddenberry's from the Pacific theater of World War II. And apparently he like wanted to reconnect with his old war buddy, but he didn't know how to contact him. So he was hoping that if he used the guy's name as a character, the guy would reach out and get in touch with him. Oh, okay. That's kind of cool. Yeah. That's like yeah. a whole lot of information I did not know. Yeah. Wow. Like I said, I'm, I'm kind of embarrassed. I never realized that hmm. that the names did like kind of establish a, connect, a connection. Cause I was just always very irritated by that enterprise story art. Cause I thought it was just totally random. They actually put some thought into it. Yeah. Yeah. And presumably Eric, the guy in enterprise season four, He's presumably like the grandson of Corey, who's in Picard season two, or maybe maybe the son. Oh, okay. Well, then that yeah. makes sense. It's all, it all comes together. We need a damn like family tree thing. Somebody's got to have made something like that. There's only one other name we don't have handy. I, I can't remember the name of 
Noonien Soong's brother, or sorry, Noonien Soong's son, who's in late Picard season one. It starts with an A, but I can't. That's the only name we don't have. Other than that, I think we've used all the names we know. Well, that's really cool. I didn't realize all that was lined up like that, or could line yeah. up like that if you, yeah. if you took the time to do it. So I was going to ask, and this will be a big thing we'll get to in DS9 eventually, is that the Federation has always had this kind of hardcore opposition to genetic modification. And I always thought it was kind of a stupid rule. Like, just as a kind of contrast point, my favorite uh, space opera utopia series, yeah, even more than Star Trek, is Ian Bakes' culture novels. And in those novels, like, they make very liberal use of genetic modification. So I always thought, like, the Federation's, like, dyed-in-the-wool opposition to genetic modification was a little bit ridiculous. Yeah, you had me read one of those books, and I, it was pretty good, actually. Uh, the, was that Player the, of Games? Player of Games, yeah. Player of Games is good. Yeah. It and an Accession are the best ones, I think. Yeah. I, I'm all for genetic modification, uh, especially considering, like, where we are now. We're probably, like, no longer going to naturally evolve until the, like, Omega variant hits us at some point, and wipes out half our species <laughs> yeah what there is an interesting book that i i sort of enjoyed called treconomics that came out about maybe five years ago and in that book he made and it's just a discussion of like implications of like the star trek universe for economics but he makes he offers the theory which i don't think is explicitly said in any star trek show but you could kind of infer is that the reason the Federation are so like dyed in the wool against genetic modification, besides, you know, just the what happened with Khan, is that they really intensely believe in like merit and like individual merit and meritocracy. And so they see genetic augmentation as like a threat to that. Yeah. And I bet it creates like mutants and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I didn't kind of enjoy, um, there were kind of QAnon vibes, right? With Q hacking Adam Soong's computer system and then Adam complaining about being harassed by internet Nazis. I thought that was a kind of interesting little connection given that, you know, Q is taking on this unfortunate but hilarious new connotation in the last five years. Yeah, he's he's got some, Q's playing a lot of different little characters here. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, and the QAnon thing, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, there's like a link. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that. Oh, man. Yeah. Speaking of Fashion Watch, did you uh, enjoy uh, Brent Spiner's uh, look as Adam Soong? He's got the Panama hat, the sunglasses, and a polo shirt. I'm pretty sure that's how he probably really dresses. Yeah, yeah. And did you notice so, that Brent Spiner, I can't stand it, but like, as, as we're getting older and we see these actors that we've like grown up with and like how damn old they look now, it, it freaks me out. Like,. Do you remember, did you see the, the discourse around him playing Data in Picard season one? Yes, everybody was bitching, but I'm like... It I'm was just, so uh, stupid. He's yeah. like, he's getting older. It's a human thing. What are you yeah. complaining about, you child? Exactly. Oh, God. People who complain about that are just the worst. Unless yeah. you subscribe to our Patreon, and then you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> you can complain all you want there, and we'll, we'll, we'll give you a thumbs up or a like or some shit. All right, anyway... <laughs> <laughs> or an extra podcast such as <laughs> Young X Men '92 versus Young Justice, available on our Patreon and Kenny Tricks. But yeah, I, like Brent Spider, like he's getting it, it, it. Like I feel like I'm aging with these characters, and it like blows my mind. It's it's, it's yeah. a weird feeling. Yeah, I had no issue. I don't I don't care if they bring him back, and they like Brent Spider looked perfectly fine in Picard season one as Data. Yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. Like get over it. Yeah. <laughs> like, I didn't want him to come back as Data because I didn't think Data needed to come back, even though Nemesis was a bad movie. Like, it's fine. He doesn't have to come back as Data. 
you can bring him back as another character. And I thought the ending they wrote for Data at the end of Picard season one was kind of dumb. But but that aside, like I have no problem with like how he looked as Data as Data. And if you did, you're a child. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the best he could go with. It looked he looked fine. He looked like Data. It's no big deal. But but Matt, what 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 if every performance looked like those awful reconstructions of Peter Cushing <laughs> and Carrie Fisher in Rogue One? Wouldn't wouldn't TV and cinema be better if we just yeah. always did that to actors? That would that'd be Prodigy, Bob, wouldn't it? Oh yeah, that yeah. Well, that was so creepy. We already we already apparently we're the only people on the Trek uh, on Trek Twitter who thought that was creepy, yeah, but it was. Yeah, that was awful. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's still that still gives me a shiver when I think about it. Well, it's it's also so disrespectful to Gates McFadden. It's like, hey yeah. Gates, you want to come back and say four lines along with a bunch of dead people? <laughs> she said, "Sure, if I can fuck a ghost." <laughs> <laughs> at least she's got a she's got a second career as a dance choreographer so good for her yeah. all right so uh, a big piece of this bob in this episode we find out that talon is a supervisor for the watcher okay yeah so i refreshed you on um good old uh, the history of genetic modification and uh suing androids you want to refresh me on the supervisors i mean sure but what i can remember i watched it like 20 minutes ago so <laughs> Damn, son, how drunk are you? Yeah, hold on. So, uh, you got, we find out in this episode called Assignment Earth, which is a, a TOS episode, that the Enterprise goes back in time to do historical research, which I guess was just a common thing for them to do back then. They just, yeah, they did that in several, uh, several TOS episodes. Yeah, yeah. So they're back in time and they, uh, they, they catch an interception of this guy who's going back to Earth and it turns out to be the, someone named Gary Seven who had been abducted and taken to this planet and trained for thousands, like 6,000 years mm -hmm. to be like, you know, an ultimate human or something. And mm -hmm. then they were shooting him back to earth where he becomes basically like a secret agent who has to ensure that the timeline remains intact. And, uh, yeah, he's basically like Doctor Who for the Star Trek universe. It seemed like it is, but it, it it was this this episode was meant to be like this backdoor pilot for a show that was going to be called Assignment Earth, mm -hmm. and uh, it's uh, it would have been okay. I mean, I don't think it's something I would have watched. I would have. Yeah, you probably would have. <laughs> yeah, I know. You, yeah, yeah, you would have watched hey, it. Hey, man, if I watched four seasons of Enterprise and four seasons of Discovery, <laughs> I could watch. I could watch four seasons of Assignment Earth. No problem. Do that standing on my head. But but some of the key things here is that Gary Seven is a supervisor, so he's watching the timeline. He's got his own little like office where he has his sidekick, which is like a cat. It's this like badass black cat named Isis, who at the end of the episode turns into a woman, but nobody notices she turns into a woman except for Gary Seven's uh twenty year old secretary who they like give Roberta the measurements Lincoln. for. Yeah, they give the measurements for her like at the very beginning of the episode, which I thought was like so sixties. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's pretty creepy. I forget. Yeah, it's creepy. Yeah, yeah, it's creepy. That's and cool. you know, he's got all these like cool gadgets and shit. He's got some kind of like neuralizer thing that like freezes people and makes them stop doing what they're supposed to be doing. Or uh, yeah, he's basically like the third Doctor Who, who was kind of like you know James Bond of the timeline. He really is Doctor Who because Doctor Who has that sonic screwdriver thing, and this guy was running around with the same damn thing doing yeah. the same stuff. Although in fairness, I think Dr. Who is generally much more of a pacifist than Gary mm -hmm. seven. Yeah. Gary seven was, was kind of a, a badass. You learn he's like this enhanced human because Spock goes to give him the Vulcan nerve pinch and it doesn't do anything. So, 
Oh he's, yeah, yeah. I'd forgotten that. I've forgotten. He's that. got some invulnerability there. I don't think I don't think they're going to go this way, but you could imagine they would do something where, like, oh, you know, they train Gary Seven using things they learned about Khan and the other augments. <laughs> I can't wait for a CGI Gary Seven in Picard season two. <laughs> <laughs> Or to find out, Bob, or to find out that Talon is actually Isis. Isis? Yeah, I was about to say, if they, if, uh, if they bring back uh, Isis, that I could get down with that, Matt. She's going to turn into a black cat, Bob. It's my favorite Egyptian deity. Uh, yeah. Sorry, Khonshu, which we're also recording about today. <laughs> and uh, it's one of my favorite Bob Dylan songs, too. Well, there you go. So it's just like, uh, I don't know if they're going to go any further with that. Although I did like exposition dump that Picard gives, like where he's like, on Kirk's Enterprise, this is what happened. <laughs> I'm like, thanks, Captain Picard. I'll check that episode out. <laughs> yeah, what they what they should have done is like, you know how they like lead you into the next episode on Paramount Plus. It should have just led you straight into Assignment Earth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will say, uh, just to change the subject a little, in the conversation between uh, Talon and Picard, I, I really did not care for those scenes by and large. But I really did enjoy when Talon's like, that's your crew, the people carrying a dead cop out the door. And yeah. Picard's retort is, I'm sure he's not dead. Yeah, no, that was that was like a nice touch of humor to a rather humorless episode overall. I appreciated that. Yeah, yeah. Any yeah. final thoughts, Matt? I just want to point out how haunting like the final shot of the Borg Queen with the arm around Gerardi is. Yeah, that's the thing I'm most in it. Like, I could really not care less about what happens to Rene Picard, sorry. But I'm really curious to see if Elnor comes back. I'm really curious to see if Isis comes back. And uh, I really want to know how the Gerardi Borg Queen stuff shakes out. Yeah, and, um, you know, Gerardi with a with a shotgun, or was it a rifle or a shotgun? I think it was a shotgun. Shooting the Borg I think Queen. It was a shotgun. Yeah, that was awesome. Good stuff. Shot her Good stuff. right in the spine. <laughs> so this has been uh, Picard season two, episode five. Bob, 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 yep. you forgot the character of the week. Oh, damn, damn. Who was your character of the Girardi week? Girardi wins, Bob, Girardi. Was it because of the shotgun, Matt? That and that red dress. All right, then. I, I can't add to that. Yeah, truly, uh, Girardi was the uh, best character of uh, the week. So... Uh, this was Picard Season 2, Episode 5, Fly Me to the Moon. We are Babylon 5 versus Star Trek DS9, a part of Uncanny Tracks. I am Bob in Cascadia. That's Matt in the Southland. Have a good night, everybody. Thanks for listening.